God designed you to progressively move upward and onward in life. This message is the first in the series, Runway. The message is entitled, Going Up. Here is Pastor Dale O'Shields. Grab your Bibles and your teaching sheets as we turn our attention this morning to a new series of messages that will occupy us for the next couple of months. We're going to be talking about getting on the runway of life so that you can experience life at a new level. We'll talk about the eight attitudes that will take your life to a new level. It's been said that to be successful in life, you need two things. You need roots and you need wings. I think as parents, we work hard to give our children both of those things, roots that is well-grounded in something that will allow them to have solidity throughout their life, and wings, that's the ability to soar, the ability to dream, the ability to move to higher levels of living, even higher than perhaps we as parents have experienced. We want more for our children, so we want to give them roots and we want to give them wings. And God, as a good heavenly Father, wants to do the same for you. He wants to give you roots that will ground you and wings that will allow you to rise and to fly and to soar. And in this series, our focus is really going to be on the wings of your life, on the capacity that God wants to give you to soar to a new level, to take your life to a new dimension of living. And in this particular message this weekend, I want to lay a foundation for what will become eight attitudes that we'll look at starting next weekend, eight successive weekends together that we'll be looking at these particular attitudes. But today is really a foundational message that will help us to sort of lay the path for where we'll be going in the next several weeks together. And the first thing I want to talk to you about today is the understanding the truth, the fact that God is calling you to a higher level of living. That there's a call of God in your life right now to higher living. If I were to ask you, how do you describe your life at this moment? Perhaps some of you would say, you know what? My life right now, I'm just basically existing. I go from day to day. I wake up in the morning. I do what I do. I go through my day. It's sort of a ritualistic process of living. I feel like I'm existing. For some, maybe you're not quite even existing. You're just barely surviving. You're holding on. It feels like life is this very thin thread, and you're barely holding on. You're hoping that you're going to make it to a place where life will get a little bit better. For some of you, you may feel like that you're holding onto that thread, but you're losing your grip. You're slipping, and life seems to be going the opposite direction. Rather than going up, life seems to be going down. I don't know where you are in your life today, but I do know this. God designed you to progressively move up and to move forward in life. All throughout the pages of Scripture, we we see that there's this call of God, that God calls each one of us to higher levels of living. And the sad thing is that we all tend to view our lives in very restricted ways, very limited ways. We tend to think of our lives as being kind of insignificant and unimportant. But God views you very differently. God views your life as a very important life. You're not just a number. You're not just somebody You're a person that God created and God wants to take to new levels of living. And this call to a higher dimension of living is found throughout the pages of Scripture. Let me take you to a few of these passages. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. You may know this well, but listen to it again. But those who hope in the Lord, or those who wait upon the Lord, one translation says, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Notice this statement. They will, what's the next word there? Soar. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. That is, 
God says, when you get a hope-filled life, when you learn how to hope in me or wait upon me, that I'm able to take you higher, you will soar on wings like eagles. Notice Psalm 3, verse 3. Would you read this together with me aloud and loudly? Here we go. But you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, the one who lifts my head. Would you circle that phrase, the one who lifts my head high? Circle it. God is the one that lifts your head. He is a lifter. God never puts you down. God is always wanting to lift you up. Philippians chapter 3, verse 14, the Apostle Paul is reflecting on his own life and thinking about where he is in his relationship with God. And he makes a statement about his journey forward. He says, I press toward the goal for the prize of the, notice what kind of call is it? The upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Are you beginning to get a pattern here? Colossians 3, verse 2, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Now, the pattern that you see in these verses and in many other verses I could take you to is this calling that God has for your life is an upward calling. God is calling you higher. And with any call, there must be a response. If your cell phone were to ring right now, God forbid, but if it were to ring right now, you have the option as to what you would do. You would ignore the call or you would answer the call, but every call demands a response. Every time a call comes, you have to choose what you will do with the call. And when God calls you higher, there's a choice that you and I need to respond to. But I want to remind you, every one of you here this morning, no matter how insignificant you might feel about your life, that God is calling you higher. There's a higher calling for your life. The second thing I want to talk about for a few moments is this wonderful truth, this fact that great things happen when you go higher with God. God wants your life to go higher for a reason. He wants to allow you to soar for a purpose. Think with me for a moment about the miracle of flight. In aviation, an airplane that weighs multiple tons, filled oftentimes with passengers and cargo and luggage, and all the ladies said luggage, right? Okay. And all this weight that's in this airplane, when it hits the runway and on this level ground, this pathway that leads it to ascension, it's able to actually rise above all of this weight and make it to a destination. It's able to move forward and get you somewhere faster and farther than you could go on your own. This is why soaring is so important. This is why flying is so important. Because when you soar, you go farther than you could go on your own. And you go faster than you could go on your own. And that's why God says, I want to lift you higher. Because if you stay on the ground level of living, if you stay in the normal realm of life, just living your life in an ordinary way, there's only so far you'll be able to go. But if you'll allow me to give you the wings that I want to give you, you can go farther in life than you ever dreamed that you would be able to go. And you can go faster than you ever dreamed you would be able to go. That There's a greater destination that you can reach in life further and faster. And this is my plan. And what happens is, when you begin to get higher in your relationship with God, you begin to see things differently. Have you ever noticed when you get in a plane, everything looks different than it does from the ground, doesn't it? And even when you fly out on a cloudy day and it seems as though everything is fog and clouds around you, there's that moment when you break through those clouds into the sunshine and what everybody else is seeing, you don't see anymore. They see the clouds, but you see the sunlight because you've gotten high enough to see something that other people can't see. 
And when God lifts you higher, there's a new perspective that comes. There's a new altitude, if you will, that you experience in life. There are new things that transpire. And so great things happen to people who go to higher levels of living. And all through the pages of Scripture, again, you see God taking people, ordinary people just like you, ordinary people just like me, and raising them up and giving them wings and propelling them forward into a meaningful purposeful, miraculous life that they could never have experienced on their own. It's all through the pages of Scripture. Story after story of people where God comes along and takes an ordinary person just like you, just like me, someone that other people will say, well, that's just, that's just so-and-so. There's nothing unusual about them. And God comes along and begins to do something in their life that lifts them to a higher level and their life radically is changed because they're willing to go to higher levels with God. Let's take a look at a few examples of this. Let me take you to, to the book of Matthew, chapter 4, verses 18 through 22. Listen to this story of four men that God begins to work in. Jesus comes along and lifts their life to a new level. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. So here are two guys, Peter and Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were, what were they? They were fishermen. You don't get much more ordinary than that, right? Just ordinary fishermen. These are guys just out working hard, trying to make a living, trying to take care of their family. Doesn't seem to be anything super special about them. They're just the average ordinary guy, okay? Come follow me and I will send you out to fish for people. So here is this moment that Jesus says to Peter and Andrew, I, I want you to lift your vision higher. I want you to come up to a new level. I know that you think that your life is all about fishing for fish, but I want to give you a new perspective. I want you to see that now you can begin to fish not for fish, but you can begin to fish for people. I want to make you fishers of men. Notice now as the story continues, at once, what did they do? They left their nets. That is, they answered the call and they followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets again too. They were fishermen. Jesus called them and immediately they left their boat and their father. And what did they do? They followed him. Here are four very ordinary guys. They're all just trying to make a living. They're earning their care and their keep of their family day in and day out in the trade of being a fisherman. And Jesus comes along and lifts their life to an entirely new level. And the decision that they made that day to answer the call changed everything for their future. Their entire life changed because they said yes to Jesus that day. Let's go to Acts chapter 2 now. Let's see what happened with Peter as we see the change that happened in his life. Peter replied, this is on the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit's been outpoured. And now Peter is preaching to a multitude of people in the city of Jerusalem. Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he, Peter, warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized. And notice this, about 3,000 were added to their number that day. I want you to see what... But Peter became a part of because he answered the call. 
Because that day as a fisherman, he heard Jesus say, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And not too many days or years later, we find Peter preaching a message where over 3,000 people accept Christ. He stepped into a new level of living. He hit the runway of life and he took off and he soared to an entirely new level. Notice Acts chapter 4 verse 13 as we now see Peter and John and what happened in their life because they answered the call when they saw the courage of Peter and John. By the way, this is after Peter and John had prayed for a lame man by the, by the, by the gate beautiful and he'd been healed. At, when they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realized, I want you to notice this, they realized they were, what's the word there? Unschooled, what's the next word? Ordinary men. They were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. I love that verse, don't you? Because here are ordinary guys that answered the call and said yes to Jesus. And suddenly, in this experience of their life, in relationship with Christ, they were lifted to an entirely new level, and their ordinary became extraordinary because they were connected with Jesus. They'd spent time with Him. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, Paul is writing to a young man by the name of Timothy. And by the way, even though I'm using all these illustrations today that relate to men, it also relates to women. It's just the same, okay? For this reason, I remind you, Paul writes to Timothy to fan into flame, to stir up the gift of God. One translation says, fan and flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Paul says, Timothy, I want you to understand that when you answer the call, God put his spirit inside of you, and you're no longer just an ordinary, timid person. God did not give you the spirit of fear or timidity. He put in you the spirit of of God that gives you power and love and self-discipline. This young man's life was transformed. He experienced life at an entirely new level because he answered the call. Dear ones, listen today. Great things happen. Miraculous things happen when you make the choice to go higher with God. God is calling you higher today. Oh, you say, well, I'm just ordinary, Pastor. You don't know me. I just live an ordinary life. I'm not anything special. Well, to God, you're very special. And God says, I'm calling you higher, and I will tell you, God says to you today that great things will happen in your life when you answer the call to go higher. The third thing I'd like to talk to you about for a few moments this morning is that going higher is a personal choice. Every one of us personally chooses whether we will live what I would call a low life or a high life. A low life is just sort of living on ground level. A high life is moving up in your relationship with God. I'll use this illustration. You make a choice in terms of how you'll live your life. Over the years, I've taken, as you perhaps know, if you've been around the church very much, I've taken several groups to Israel, and we enjoy going to Israel and exposing people to the land of the Lord and walking where He walked and seeing all these wonderful biblical sites. But one of the places I really enjoy taking people is down to the Dead Sea and right at the, at the base of the Dead Sea, one of the areas one of the, on the uh, western shore of the Dead Sea, uh, you will find a place called Masada. How many of you are familiar with the term Masada or the place called Masada? Masada, of course, is a great significant place in Jewish history. And Masada is an interesting place. It rises about 1,300 feet above the Dead Sea there. The Dead Sea is actually below sea level. But you have this massive rising. If you put the picture on the screen, you'll see that's basically Masada. It goes directly up 1,300 feet high. And this was something built by Herod. It's absolutely incredible to see. 
There are two ways that you can get up to the top of Masada. You can go up to the top of Masada by taking what's called the snake path, and it sort of varies around. It takes you hours, literally, to walk up. Or you can take this journey. Put the screen up next picture, if you will, that journey, okay? That's the one I choose, okay? <laughs> Keep the picture up, if you will. This journey is a cable car, as you can see, but it's the, it, what really the picture doesn't show you is the steep ascent of the cable car. It's a fairly steep rise, if you can imagine, basically from sea level or below sea level up to 1,300 feet high. So it's a very quick rise, and it's a very intimidating ride up. And so generally what will happen when we gather in the base area where before you load into this, uh, cable, these cable cars is I will have a little speech to those that are there with us because many times people feel obligated to go to the top of Masad, and I will say something like this, you know what, you don't have to go if you don't want to. Because for some folks, to take that journey is quite intimidating. They don't like heights. They don't want to do this. And so I found it very helpful to give them per the permission to say, you don't have to go. Okay, You don't have to do this. Only those that really want to do it can do it. And so inevitably, there's a group of people that choose to stay at the base and have coffee and donuts. Okay. And, and look at things from a distance, and that's okay. We never in any way diminish people for doing that. It's a choice that they make. But there are other people that say, give me the ticket. I'm getting on the car. I'm going up, okay? Now, notwithstanding the fact that some people do stay behind, and that's okay, I always like to remind people, you're going to miss something if you don't go. There are sights that you will see, there are experiences you will have, there are dimensions of what you will see that is on top of Masada that, that you can't experience any other way than getting on the car and going up or taking the trek up. You've got to go up to the top to be able to see the view. You have to go up to the top to see what is there. You have to make the choice to take the ascent. And so if you'll make the ascent, even though it might be fearful for you, there's a reward on the other end, but it is a personal choice. And I want to tell you today that that no one can force you to go higher with God. God himself never forces you. You can take the picture down now, okay? I've just changed topics just for a moment, okay? No one can force you to go higher with God. There's a choice that you and I make that when the call of God comes to our lives as, as is happening this day, because I believe over the next several weeks that if you will stay with us on this journey that God is going to put you on a runway of life and God's going to take your life to an entirely new level, but you have to make the choice and the choice really is yours. And oftentimes in the context of making this choice, a lot of things want to get in the way. There are a lot of excuses that come to us that say, oh, you really don't want to take this journey, or this journey is not really possible for me. Maybe it would work for somebody else, but I'm not sure that I can really go higher in my life with God. I'm not sure that my ordinary life can become extraordinary. I'm just not sure that it will work for me. I feel like there's some things that are holding me down. You don't need to put your hand up on this, but how many times in your life have you felt like you wanted to go higher, but something was holding you down? Something was just weighting you down and you just couldn't, you couldn't make it. It was something that was holding you back. You may have wanted to take the journey, but you felt like it's just not possible for me. I want to tell you today that when it comes to making the journey, there's some things that are not holding you back. Let me give you three things that are not holding you back. First of all, God is not holding you back. God is for you. He is not against you. 
As we read earlier, God wants to give you wings. He wants to lift you higher. God is for your journey upward. Say it with me. God is for my journey upward. Say it together. God is for my journey upward. God, once again, God is for my journey upward. So God is not against you in this. God is your friend. God is your helper. God is behind you. God is the one that will help you make this journey. I will tell you something else that is not going to be a problem. Other people can't keep you back either. See, people will try to keep you down. I tell you what, turkey, if you hang around with turkeys, they want you to remain a turkey. If you hang around with the pigeons, all they want is you to be a pigeon. If you hang around with the vultures, all they want you to be is a vulture. But I'm telling you something, God designed you to be an eagle. Okay. And other people, you let them be turkeys if they want to be turkeys, and pigeons if they want to be pigeons, and you let them be vultures if they want to be vultures. But let me tell you something, I want to be an eagle. How about you? Okay. I'm not going to let other people define my life and who and what I'm going to become in God. And no matter, listen closely, no matter what people say about you or no matter what people do to you, what God says about you and what God is able to do for you is far greater than what anyone else can do against you. Okay. I hope you heard that. That what God can do for you and what God will do for you and what God says about you is greater than what anyone else may say about you or what anyone else may try to do against you. People cannot hold you back. I'll tell you something else that will not keep you grounded unless you allow it. It's not your circumstances, your environment. A lot of people will say, you know, I'd like to go higher, but pastor, you don't know the circumstance I'm in. You don't realize the environment I'm in. I can't really go any higher because my life is just pressed down by all these circumstances and all the environment that I'm in. Listen closely. Your circumstances, your environment cannot hold you back unless you let them hold you back. One of the things I love about spring and summertime, I love a lot of things about spring and summertime, but one of the things that always inspires me, you've seen it too, is you walk through a parking lot somewhere that is covered with asphalt or covered with concrete, Inevitably, somewhere in that parking lot, there's a blade of grass that has pushed its way up through the concrete or through the asphalt and is waving its little green leaf in the sunshine, okay? Amen? And they laid concrete and asphalt on top of that blade of grass, but the blade of grass said, this is not going to keep me down, okay? Your heritage is not going to keep you down, Amen? Your background is not going to keep you down. Your experiences are not going to keep you down. You're going to be like that blade of grass that says, Oh, there may be a lot of stuff pressing upon me, but by the grace of God, I'm finding my way out. Amen. Okay. Are you hearing me today? So it's not God holding you back. And it's not other people holding you back. And it's not your circumstances or environment holding you back. So what is holding you back? You are holding you back. You are the only person that will keep you from breaking into this new level. If God is for you, and if other people can't keep you from going to a new level, if circumstances can't keep you, what will keep you? It's only what's going on inside of you. 
It's how you think. It's the attitudes of your life. And that's why we're on this journey, this journey called runway, that when you and I begin to adjust the attitudes of our life, our thinking process, then suddenly we begin to get in line with God. We begin to line our thinking with God's thinking, our attitudes with God's attitudes. We get on a runway that will allow us to begin to soar, to take off. Notice Romans chapter 5, verses 35 through 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword as it is written for your sake we face death all day long we're considered as sheep to be slaughtered no in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us for I am convinced that neither death nor life neither angels nor demons neither the present nor the future nor any powers neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Going higher is a personal choice. If you'll make it, God will enable you to do it. And if you align yourself with God, truly align yourself with God with the right attitudes, with the right ways of thinking, He'll help you overcome. He'll get you off the ground. And that leads me to my final point today. Life takeoffs takeoffs always require a runway. I want you to note what I just said a moment ago. If you align yourself with God with the right attitudes, He'll He'll help you overcome you. Did you hear what I just said? If you align yourself with God with the right attitudes, the right thought processes, if you get in sync with God, He'll help you overcome you because you are your biggest problem, okay? And He'll get you off the ground. But you'll never get off the ground. You'll never soar without being aligned with Him. You can't do this on your own, okay? I want you to think about an airplane for a moment. Remember that airplane? You ever looked at this massive airplane? It's got, I mean, it weighs multiple tons. got passengers on it. And you wonder, how will that thing ever get off the ground? Have you ever looked at one and said, this is, this is crazy to think that this big piece of machinery could actually go down a runway and get enough of acceleration and lift that all this weight actually gets into the air. Think about that for a moment. It's miraculous in some sense if you think about it. And this, this aerodynamic thing occurs and it's able to soar and not just a, a, for a little while but it's able, or for a little ways even, but it's able to go 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40,000 feet in the, in the air. It's incredible to think about. But the only way that that airplane can get airborne is it needs something. What does it need? It needs a runway, okay? Are you hearing me? Okay. It never, I mean, you've never seen an airplane just go, boop. Helicopter, yes, but not an airplane. For the airplane to get enough momentum and lift to overcome the weight that's holding it down, it has to accelerate on a runway. And a runway is a path that is a straight path that has, if you notice, in every runway, there's a line right down the middle. Have you noticed that? Okay. And that line right down the middle is that pilot sets his course on that line and accelerates to a certain amount, sets the flaps in a certain way. I don't know how all the dimensions work, but at some point in time, we have liftoff and wheels go up and you're in the air and you're soaring in a way that's beyond actual understanding, at least to me, from even a physics standpoint, how it actually happens. It's an amazing thing. 
but you have to have the runway because the runway is what gives the lift that overcomes the weight. Did you hear that? The runway is what allows you to accelerate so there's enough lift to help you overcome the weight. All of us have extra weight in our life. I'm not talking about physically, but extra weighty things that hold us down. And we have to get enough acceleration so that our lift can occur. And that acceleration it, in, relates to attitudes, okay? The runway of your life that will get you off the ground is changing the way you think, changing the attitudes of your life, okay? When you change attitudes, everything changes. When you change attitudes, everything changes. Perspective changes. Life changes drastically. You find two kids in a schoolroom and one thinks, I can't learn anything, I'm dumb, I'm stupid, I have no capacity to learn. What kind of student will they be? A lousy student. You find another student may come from the very same environment. They say, you know, I believe I can learn. I'm going to learn. I'm going to apply myself. I believe that learning and success is possible for me. What will happen with that kid? They will succeed. Why? Because the difference is only in. They may have the very same background. They may actually have the very same IQ. But the difference is in their attitude, okay? And the difference in your life will often be in your attitude. And so we're going to look over the next several weeks at eight attitudes that will get you off the ground. These eight attitudes are found in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. And so we're going to dig in for the next several weeks to these verses. I hope that you will eat and sleep and breathe and dream about 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. I hope that these words here will begin to get deeply ingrained in you. Notice what Peter writes, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. Now, please read with me verse number eight together. Here we go. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Did you hear that? If you possess these qualities, these attitudes, in increasing measure, here's the guarantee. Here's a God-given guarantee. God says, here's my guarantee. They will. These attitudes will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I think it behooves us to go back and say, okay, let's find out what those attitudes are because if I get those, there's a guarantee associated with those attitudes that if I will have these in increasing measure, I'm going to be effective and productive. That is, I'm going to soar. My life is going to go to a new level. What are the eight attitudes? Look at them here. Circle them on your notes. Faith, goodness, knowledge. Self-control, perseverance, godliness, mutual effect, affection, or one translation says kindness and love. Notice there are eight things there. Give, I'll give them to you again. Circle them. Faith. We're going to talk next weekend about adjusting your attitude of faith. How do you develop faith in the way you live your life? Goodness. I'm going to talk to you about accepting responsibility for your life and how goodness comes out of responsibility. And then knowledge. We're going to talk to you about humility, the value of that attitude and how it produces the kind of knowledge that you need. Self-control. How do you put the right measures on yourself? How do you have the right attitude about yourself that brings about proper discipline in your life? Perseverance. How do you have the right kind of grit that will get you through? 
through the toughest things in life. And then godliness. I'm going to talk to you about how to have a reverent approach to life because reverence is an attitude by which you approach everything. And then we'll talk about mutual affection or how do you live your life with kindness? How do you develop an attitude of kindness? And then, of course, the attitude of agape or love. How do you live your life with love? And the Bible says if you'll develop those eight characteristics, those eight attitudes in your life, you will be effective and you will be productive and your life will soar to a new level. But the choice is yours. So what do we learn today? We learned that God is calling you higher, not somebody else. The call is to you today. If you'll answer that call, great things will happen in your life, greater things than you could have imagined. But the Answering of that call is a personal choice. Nobody can do it for you. You have to choose as to whether you're going to take the ascent up or not. But when you do, the way you do it is by getting on the runway and adjusting the attitudes of your life that will take your life to a new level. Would you bow your heads together with me as we pray? Father, we're so very grateful today for the opportunity we've had to study your word. We're thankful for the wonderful Word of God that challenges us, that encourages us. I thank you for the new level of living that you have for each person in this place. And I pray that as we begin this journey together over the next several weeks, I pray, Lord, that you will help each one of us, as ordinary as we feel, to realize that there's an extraordinary life you have for us. Help us to answer that call. Help us to begin to develop the attitudes that you want us to develop that will put us on the runway of life so that we will be effective and productive useful to you in ways like we never dreamed possible. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. I would like to close today by giving you an opportunity to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me right now? Right where you are, just simply bow your head with me and I'm going to give you a prayer to pray and you can simply speak this prayer out, whisper this prayer out and from the sincerity of your heart, call upon God and I promise you that He will hear and answer you. So let's pray together. Start by simply whispering the name Jesus. Let there come uh, from your heart just the declaration of His name. Say, Jesus, I know that, that I am a sinner, that I have fallen short with you. I'm sorry for all of my sins. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you are God's Son. I believe that you are the Savior of the world. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that you rose from the grave, that you are alive today. Now pray these words. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Give me a new start in you. I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says that when we call upon God's name, we call upon the Son of God, there is salvation that comes to our lives. He changes us from the inside out, and you become a new creation. Old things pass away. All things become new. And that's exactly what has happened to you today. Your next step really is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church. and You begin to study God's Word, get God's Word in you, and to make sure that you get a copy of the Bible if you don't have one and begin to read it. Spend some time every day in prayer. And I would encourage you also to check out the resources on our website that will help you to get going in your relationship with Jesus. You can find them at church-redeemer.org. Get those into your hands. Get started in your new life with Jesus Christ. Thanks again for joining us today. May God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you next time. If you've prayed with a pastor today and made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, we have some resources for you on our website. 
Just go to church-redeemer.org slash a new you. We pray that this message was a blessing to you.